Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Demartini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Oh, my goodness. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive by... We are all about the thriving. I got to tell you about that. Uh, I want to thank all of you for tuning us in and turning us on. And for those of you that are wondering about uh, the archives, let me just give you a couple of tidbits of information. We have made some changes to the website. And so for those of you that may be having a little tricky time from day to day here this week, it's because every day we've been doing an upgrade grade to the Dr. Pat Show website. So just bear with us. Everything will be back to normal in a day or so, and it will be better than ever. So we want to thank you for joining us here. I'm your host, Dr. Pat Vasily, and if you want to find out more about us, why don't you go ahead and go to the website, www.thedrpatshow.com, or simply go to drpatlive.com. We have got a fabulous show for you tonight. So think about this question. Uh, have you ever, ever wondered where the conversation about religion and science has gone awry? Let me put it to you another way. Did you ever get caught in the middle of that conversation? Well, I've got the person joining us here today. He is the, he is the gentleman that's going to help straighten this conversation, this dialogue out. Dr. Ron Frost is joining us here today as the author of Religion Versus Science. Where both sides go wrong in the great evolution debate. And boy, does he have a ton to say and do I have a lot of questions for him. He's joining us here today, you know, as someone that wrote his uh, in-depth, well-researched book on the premise that the great debate over evolution is driven more by misconceptions uh, held by proponents of, on both sides. And I would imagine there are a lot of other sides of the debate than actual facts. And so it's always great to have somebody join us that's going to bring now a different perspective that perhaps has some reality to it. And so Dr. Ron is here today with us, and you're going to get to know a lot about his work, a lot about his journey. And for him, in a number of different ways, he's been on a journey, personal journey himself, you know, He'll tell you about it, but the journey that, that he's been on is the journey that enabled him to step back and say, what is this conversation really about? You know, he has been the editor of two major scientific journals and a professor of geology at the University of Wyoming for many years. He has studied the chemical composition of rocks, the minerals they contain, and what they tell us about ancient geological process. You know, this, with 25 years as a practicing Buddhist, makes him the perfect combination of a writer to find that common theme, that common ground between science and religion. 
So today, get ready to take a journey with us, with Dr. Ron, and with the many people that are trying to figure out what is going on and why the heck did some folks get it wrong. Dr. Ron, thank you for joining us here today. I want to thank you, and I want to welcome you to the Dr. Pat Show. Well, thank you, Dr. Pat. Uh, thank you for that rather intimidating introduction. I hope I can live up to it. Oh, yeah, um, I think you're living up to here. it by the title of your book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes, indeed. <laughs> uh, and so I want to start out with a question that's more of a personal nature, and it's really about I, I love to find out how people – how people sort of get on the path that they get on, and then what enables them, or better yet, a better word, what empowers them to take action? Because many people think about things, and then there are people that do things. And so what is it about your life, the questions that were brought forth to you, that had you step back and say, I'm curious, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get on a mission about this? Whoa. That's a good question. Um, you know, I grew up with a very atheistic background. My father was a very militant atheist and very anti-religion. And um, I think even in high school I had experiences that indicated there seems to be something out there. But I was very poisoned against um, doing any, um, well, what should we say, Christian or... Um, or mm-hmm. other type of Abrahamic religions because of mm-hmm. the way the, the education my father gave me about the um, Inquisition and stuff like that. So when I stumbled on Buddhism, which was non-dogmatic, I said, this is the path for me. So I've been a Buddhist for, well, I was say 28 years now, and that to me was a way to explore the unknown without having to commit myself to dogma that says that the earth is 6,000 years old or so. And so that, that that's the beginning. And um, one day, uh, one day in January, I think it was, and, oh, nearly 10 years ago, I was just about to sit up from bed. I had been thinking a lot about the whole problem of uh, evolution, though I don't know why it was. And uh, as I was about to sit up, this voice said to me, well, you should write a book on that. And, and you did, right? I mean, I that's did, it. I didn't want to. Yeah, I know. I, I, I had the same voice. <laughs> and so I sat there and said, you know, this is going to require a lot of research. It's going to get me into a very nasty debate with people who are really vitriolic on both sides. And I was sort of thinking, well, I don't think I want to do that. And before that thought came to my mind, the voice said, well... If you don't do it, who will? So That's a good, I great question, isn't it? I mean, it's a great question. I, I had the same voice about radio, about positive talk radio, creating a positive, uh, you know, talk radio, a, a atypical, a, a religious, apolitical style of radio, talking about everything in a really positive way, but really leaving people with the questions. And really, that's really what we're talking about for you. I mean, what was what was one of the, how should I say it? most haunting questions that came to mind for you that just wouldn't let you quit? The problem is, well, first off, there's no doubt that 
the facts of evolution are absolutely incontrovertible. The mm. Earth is 13.7 billion years old. I mean, the, the universe is 13.7 billion years old. The Earth is about 4.5 billion years old. Those are pretty, pretty solid facts. The, the facts of evolution are pretty solid. The problem is I continually ran into books and papers that were written um, by very eminent scientists that sort of took the facts of evolution and presented them as good evidence that there was no spiritual dimension to life. Mm. And, you know, if, when, when I started looking at them, I found that every one of their arguments was intellectually very sloppy. Mm. And, um, and that's essentially what um, propelled me into writing this book. Mm. And it had to be sort of from, you know, I, I introduced you, and really, you know, presented a scenario that says, on the one hand, here you are, this scientist, right? Uh, on right. the other hand, you're, here you are, this spiritual, completely embodied spiritual being. And yet you've been able to live in your own body, finding harmony between both. Why is it that we can't seem to find harmony between science and spirituality or science and religion, so to speak? Boy, that, that's another good question. It's actually another one of the themes that I try to weave into the book and the fact that um, right from the dawn of science, science decided it was going to study the objective facts of the world. Well, actually, there's nothing else that science can study but the objective reality that's out there. You know, if you can't measure it or you can't see it or you can't count it, then... Um, you can't study it scientifically. Um, but religious work, soul work, as you might want to call it, is based entirely upon working within yourself. Mm -hmm. you know, Buddhists sit and they meditate and they watch how the, the, um, the ego reconstructs itself moment by moment by moment and how, as a result of this reconstruction, you end up finding yourself in situations that are painful or unpleasant. And... Uh, if you drop the ego, some of that unpleasantness disappears. Um, so, the, you know, there's an objective world out there that science is happy to study, and then there's this objective world that's um, the world of religion. And you, what's happened, particularly, I, I would say, since about 1900, is you get more and more... Um, not only scientists and philosophers who are saying only the objective world counts. Uh-huh, right. Now, if you have a theory that only the objective world counts, then you discount all these subjective experiences, which are the basis of religion. And then religion becomes a mystery, a total mystery to them. They can't explain it because they can't understand the experience from which it arises. Mm. And so do we try to fill in the blanks, so to speak? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm putting it nicely, meaning, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> let's take well, a short yeah. break. And we'll, let's take a short break, Ron, because when we come back, I can't wait to hear the answer to that question. Okay. Let's take yeah. a short break on the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. And Dr. Ron Frost is joining us here today. I want to just tell you a little bit about this. Uh, when we come back, this is the author, this is the man that wrote the book, Religious, Religion Versus Science, where both sides go wrong in the great evolution debate. 
And that is who I have on my on my show tonight, Dr. Ron Frost. And, you know, that great evolution debate is perhaps causing, well, let's just call it some kind of revolution here about what's true and what's not. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pacho. This is Talk Radio to Thrive by. Are you tired of hanging on to things in your life that hold you back? Get ready to reclaim your fearless nature with Annette Bingham. Annette has been a catalyst for helping people achieve maximum results. Known for her breakthrough approaches, she will assist you to unleash your true power. Her unique distance healing techniques have been empowering people globally. Get ready for a life-changing event to step into your fearless nature. For more information, visit AnnetteBingham.com or call 432-770-4062. Now is the perfect time to learn Tai Chi and Qi Gong. These ancient Chinese healing arts, also called mind-body practice, are simple to learn, clinically proven to be effective, and can be practiced by anyone, anywhere, at any time. For 10 years, the Institute of Integral Qi Gong and Tai Chi has been a respected leader in mind-body practice training. Visit iiqtc.org. Empower yourself, empower others. Visit iiqtc.org for more information on my body practice. iiqtc.org. How would you like increased health and vitality? Would you like relief from acute or chronic health issues? How would you like to avoid the onset of disease as well as slow the aging process? Would you like relief from allergy, weight, and digestive issues? This is all possible through a simple, safe, and natural technique. Whether you seek relief from health issues or desire to live at your optimum health and vitality, contact reflex analysis is a profound method which detects imbalances at a subclinical level, restoring health issues before they arise while increasing vitality and longevity. Discover CRA. Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. Every day we're moving toward wellness or away from wellness. I'd like to be your partner in achieving your optimal health and well-being. Contact me now at MaryJaneMack.com or call 425-392-0659. Visit MaryJaneMack.com. Hi, I'm Don Brecky. I chose two years ago to get on the Take Shape for Life program. I lost 30 pounds and kept it off over two years. I have more energy. I get out of bed without back aches. It's been a life changer. Hi, I'm Dale Gardner with the Take Shape for Life program. Me and my wife lost 90 pounds together, and that was two years ago, and we feel great. Get healthy with the Take Shape for Life program. Get clinically tested products from Metafast and support from a free certified health coach. Visit simpletolose.com to learn more. Results will vary. Consult a physician before beginning weight loss program. Call or go online for complete program and discount details. Today's tip is brought to you by David Emerald, author of The Power of Ted. Call a timeout every now and then. Set your watch to remind yourself every two hours to take a look at your intentions and actions. Have you been focusing on reacting to problems or creating outcomes? Have you been responding from the victim role of the drama triangle or the creator role of the empowerment dynamic? Take time out to review your intentions and choices, making sure that you are, indeed, focused on creating the outcomes you want in your life. That is the way of a creator. Here's to the creator in you. Ladies, are you living an inspired life? Do you yearn for a more passionate, dream-filled life? Here's Linda Joy, founder of Aspire Magazine, and she has a gift for you. Aspire has launched its Mission to Inspire initiative with a commitment to give away 100,000 one-year digital subscriptions to women around the globe. Every subscription comes with a multitude of free gifts from our team inspiration partners. To claim it all, go to AspireMag.net today. No purchase necessary and live an inspired life. 
Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. For more information about us, go to drpatlive.com. That's drpatlive.com. And we have got Dr. Ron Frost joining us here today, Religion versus Science, where both sides go wrong in the great evolution debate. And this is a book, Comprehensive, Unbiased View of Evolution that bridges and actually bridges the apparent unbridgeable gap between creativism, and we're going to talk about that, and the scientific view of evolution. And, you you know, this really opens up the door, uh, Dr. Frost, for that uh, comment that we made, you know, before the show, and and it's kind of figuring it out. It's like, okay, if this is all the information you have, how well are we at telling stories? And isn't that, you know, what you try to do is, uh, in the book, that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to say, well, wait a minute, let's take a look at the gap. And is there some commonality? What can we point to? And so that's kind of, you know, the for, for many people listening to the show, we're all sitting on the edge of our seats saying, oh, my gosh, did anybody get it right, Dr. Ron? <laughs> oh, well, I would say that not only do both sides get it wrong, each side has some correct aspects to it. The uh, you know the scientists are the, the you know the fact of evolution the the fact that hey um, the dinosaurs went extinct 65 million years ago uh, fossils suddenly appeared in the, the um, geologic record uh, 545 million years ago that stuff is pretty solid facts They're, where they go wrong is the interpretation of the facts related to any spiritual development, where, where the um, anti-evolutionists, be they creationists or, or um, intelligent design people, get it right, is the fact that there is a spiritual dimension to life. Mm. And that if you look at some of the famous books that are written, like the um, Richard Dawkins' The uh, uh, Selfish Gene, there's no room for any spiritual aspect. Everything is just a mechanical uh, operation over time to make human beings, and we just appeared by uh, by mistake. So the the um, the interesting thing is to try to meld the facts of evolution, which are true, with mm. the fact that there's a spiritual dimension to life. Mm. Why do you think one side wants to dismiss the other so quickly? I'm just curious about that. I'm, you know what I'm saying? And, and I, I, because I think that's what uh, we get to see and get played out, at least in this country anyway, that there's a quick need to have one side dismiss the other. Although I must say that if you watch any of the current movies, uh, Avatar being one of them, you know, we're starting to see mega monster blockbuster movies that honestly just doesn't get much more spiritual than that. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I think for science, the problem is that um, to solve any of the scientific problems, you have to make some assumptions. And one assumption is that there is no spiritual dimension to life. Well, that's a fine assumption for a geologist because... 
I don't think rocks are particularly spiritual, although I really love being around them. Uh, it's a very bad assumption for biology because um, particularly if, if you recognize that there are aspects of our mind that seem to appear from outside of our body, mm-hmm. that the consciousness then has an aspect of spiritual nature to it. And so if you decide that you have to get rid of consciousness in order to make your theories work, then we can just jettison the consciousness. So that's, I think, where the scientists are going wrong, is they essentially assume that consciousness is a bunch of chemical reactions in your brain, and that's it. Where the creationists go wrong is they assume that their very literal interpretation of the Bible is religion and that everything else is not religion. But there are huge aspects of religion that, um, what shall we say, exist outside of this very, very narrow dogma. Mm -hmm. And if they have to defend the dogma by denying the scientific facts, then they're going to do it. Well, there's so much invested in it, don't you think, Dr. Ron? I mean, we're really talking about an investment on each side. And, and I and I don't mean just uh, you know an arbitrary philosophical investment. I mean let's make sure we get forward here in the 21st century. There are enormous investments financially uh, and otherwise, and so investment takes on a whole new meaning in terms of finding truth. Right. I think both sides are are strongly invested in it, and therefore they're they're very deeply entrenched. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would be absolutely, um, what should I say, um, naive of me to assume that this book mm-hmm. is going to change the people who are on either side of that spectrum. We've got a huge spectrum of people with views toward religion and evolution, and the people on the extreme ends are not going to change. Mm-hmm. Regardless of what I say. Um, well, and you, yeah, and one of the things that I want you to talk about because you talk about this in the book too, you know, I mean, there is this notion that religion and science are, you know, are are, are, are this battle. It's almost as if there's this conversation about oil and vinegar, and you know, we have to go to great pain to get oil and vinegar to play nice together. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know what I'm talking about. We really yes. do. Everybody, everybody that's ever had a salad understands that idea. Um, and yet at the same time, you talk about ways that religion and science can, you know, come together in complementary ways, just like oil and vinegar can, right? Sure. Um, what, what so we have let's to do, talk about this. Yeah, what, what you have to realize is that um, science is sort of in a, looking at that objective world out there, that physical world, and measuring it and trying to understand the processes by which it operates. Um, And religion is a very personal, subjective experience. Mm. People have to undergo, whether whether it's deep contemplative prayer or meditation, or if you're a Sufi, the um, ecstatic dance, essentially drain your ego and 
see what's behind that ego, mm-hmm. which is you know, the spiritual world. Um, and there's no reason why someone can't work on, on a scientific level, on an objective world, and also work on a spiritual level. The problem is when you try to um, look at the whole world in terms of one of those views. If, if you realize that there's two aspects, and to be a, a well-rounded human being, you should work, work on both aspects, That's, I think that's a pretty mature viewer thing. But if you really think that there's only one aspect, and be it that objective world that's out there, and everything else is is just chemical reactions in your brain, or that there's the Bible told us that the earth is 4,000 years old, and that's it. Oh, right, then right. You, uh, you're cutting yourself off from uh, half of the information that is available to you to, to grow with. Right. So, you know, in this journey, and, and I want to ask you about this and make sure we cover it when we come back for break, um, you know, what is happening in our society right now? I mean, I, I wasn't really kidding when I said that, you know, one of the largest grossing movies of all time is Avatar. And there is such spiritual, um, I, I want to say undertones, but it's not so under in the movie, <laughs> right? And yet it's been, how should I say, embraced by so many people. I mean, there's something in the movie that goes beyond special effects. And so what I want to talk about when we come back and the way you talk about it in your book is taking a look at what it is that we so now as a culture are hungry for. What is that transcendent aspect uh, that we're all looking for? And is there any real, let's call it, conscious expectation around 2012 that has to do with this evolution? Yeah, that's it. Uh, We're going to have a blast on this show tonight. You're listening to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. Dr. Ron Frost is joining us here today. He has taken himself on a journey, and there is no turning back religion versus science where both sides go wrong in the great evolution debate with author uh, ron frost when we come back we're going to take on this conversation of consciousness 2012 and also find out what dr ron has come up with as a solution is there an alternative to this stay tuned we'll be right back with the dr pat show are you feeling stuck do you want to be free from fears and doubts and finally feel good about yourself But you just don't know how to get there? Dr. Schaub's Accelerated Breakthrough Program provides you with the tools and solutions to go beyond your limitations and achieve self-empowered confidence. Call for your free phone consultation at 866-903-MIND. Visit CellularWisdom.com. That's CellularWisdom.com. Called the Oprah of Radio by her listeners. Award-winning host Dr. Pat Basili is blowing the doors off of traditional talk radio. Get ready for an energizing delivery and powerful interviews with leaders in the field of human potential. Dr. Pat's fresh new perspective on living life full out has catapulted her show to the top of talk radio. Tune in and Dr. Pat will help you thrive instead of merely survive. Visit the drpatshow.com. That's T-H-E-D-R-Pat-Show.com for listening times in your area. 
Neshama Living, where your optimal health begins with awareness, grows with knowledge, flourishes with proactive solutions, and is practiced as a way of life. Neshama Living is dedicated to wholeness of body, mind, and spirit. The Neshama Living Hour is coming to the Dr. Pat Show. Get ready to regain your natural balance. Take control of your health and vitality and build your foundation for wellness with Neshama Living on the Dr. Pat Show. Reserve Vaj Organics offers you the most advanced anti-aging product available. Our organic-based resveratrol formula, brought to you from the heart of our exclusive vineyards in southern France, has been clinically proven to reactivate your longevity gene and help preserve your youth. By including Reserve Vaj Resveratrol in your daily regimen, you can enhance cardiovascular function, metabolism, mental acuity, and collagen production. If you want to regain your youthful radiance and enhance your longevity, do so with the world's finest resveratrol from Reservage Organics. Why wait? Visit your local retailer and start the anti-aging process today. Reservage Organics, committed to the extension of youth naturally. Available online at Reservage.com and at the Vitamin Shop, Vitamin World, and Whole Foods Market. Visit Reservage.com and feel vitality today. Call the Oprah of Radio by her listeners. Award-winning host Dr. Pat Vasily is blowing the doors off of traditional talk radio. Get ready for an energizing delivery and powerful interviews with leaders in the field of human potential. Dr. Pat's fresh new perspective on living life full out has catapulted her show to the top of talk radio. Tune in and Dr. Pat will help you thrive instead of merely survive. Visit thedrpatshow.com. That's T-H-E-D-R-Pat-Show.com for listening times in your area. Sign up for the weekly newsletter to get advance notice of guests, events, and special offers. Visit thedrpatshow.com and get ready to live life all out. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. Um, I want to make sure all of you have the website if you want to find out more about the book and you want to find out more about the conversation we're having tonight with Dr. Ron Frost. What you can do is simply go to his website, www.ronfrost.com. That's www.ronfrost.com. There's a lot of information that uh, he's outlined on this site, and it just uh, kind of keeps you wanting more and more. Dr. Ron, thank you so much for joining us here today. Um, it's a big conversation. I'm trying to sort of pull out some of the, the tougher questions. I know there's a lot we're not covering that's in the book. And I think right before the break, what I was alluding to in my question was that it seems like, and I, I want to hear it from your perspective, it seems like there is a lot of conversation about awakening, about consciousness, uh, about awareness, about transcendence. And I'm not even talking about your book. <laughs> but, <laughs> but in your book, you talk about it in the context of science as well. And so can I ask you a question about what you've discovered, especially in your scientific findings, about this leg of our evolution? Boy, that's, that's a good question. Um, one of my favorite books that I discovered a couple of years ago is a book by Leonard Schlein called Art and Physics. 
And in it, it's, it's a century of history of art and a history of physics. And in his book, he points out that the major changes in physics were preceded by about half a generation by similar changes in art. So in other words, mm. the artists were putting on, uh, well, I'll say paper, but you know, they're putting on the canvas and whatever they're painting or maybe they're sculptures. Some concepts that they're having a hard time verbalizing uh, that were essentially like Impressionism sort of began, and Cubism in particular is a good example. It came before the whole quantum theory and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. what Schlein's point was, was that maybe we are experiencing this evolution in terms of concepts, but the first way we can feel that concept is in art, and it takes half a generation to get it to the point where we can actually put it in a mathematical form, which would then be physics. Mm. So, uh, it, it's, I, it was a very enjoyable book. He talked about all this, this stuff in history, and then he got sort of to the end, and he said, this is a rather troubling question. What does it mean that we see the stuff in art before we see the stuff in physics? Are we being driven? Are we um, communicating with something outside of our culture, which is what I would call the transcendent consciousness? Mm -hmm. That... Um, we are immersed in this evolution, and now the evolution is cultural rather than um, merely biological. And um, we are at a time of great change. Mm. So in this time of great change, you write a book about religion and, uh, and science. And so I am so eager to hear what some of the what some of the aha moments were that you discovered in this journey meaning that there are a lot of things that i think that even as researchers we both know that sometimes you start out with a question or a problem and it comes from a place of concern for you but then as scientists we have to do diligence about doing the right approach the right methods and sometimes we find results that we completely didn't expect did you have any of those unexpected moments in your journey and in writing the book? Well, I guess I guess the first thing was is I I sort of after I had decided I was going to write this book and sort of look into literature, um, I suddenly realized that a lot of this had been done before, and it just was below the radar. Um, a century by um, Tihar de Chardin. Um, wrote this book, Phenomenon of Man, about a, half a century ago, in which he talked about this whole aspect of um, evolution taking place in a spiritual environment. And um, so as far as concepts are concerned, so I suddenly said, wow, you know, I don't have to stick this out there because it's already been stuck out there. It's just the fact that people have ignored it for uh, 50 years. Um, there are many other strange occurrences that uh, I had that uh, made me realize that I wasn't writing the book on my own. Yeah. I, I remember um, one day I was working on the, on the chapter sort of summarizing evolution, and I really wanted to know when um, chordates, uh, vertebrates, arose 
in the in the Cambrian. Uh, I wanted to be able to sort of outline that. Well, I'm not a paleontologist. It's not on the top of my my thumb. So I went down and uh, to the geology library, and there's shelf upon shelf of paleontology books. And I looked at them. I looked at them. I randomly picked one out. And then I opened it, and I opened to the page which described the evolution of chordates. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, I'll take that. You know, I, I, in half an hour, I had done what I thought was going to take me about a week of research. So when, as I wrote the book, I was continually being, um, what should I say, I was continually coming upon unusual situations that um, made it easier to write the book. So that more than hell, uh, I should say, it reinforces my idea that we're we're just not alone in this world. There's a mm-hmm. uh, spiritual aspect to life, and if you drop enough of your ego, you can tie into it. Mm. Uh, dropping the ego is a conversation I wanted to have with you about this because. Um, boy, I'll tell you, it's, it's a really global conversation when we are talking about ego, when we are talking about science, and when we are talking about religion. Um, and I, and it really comes to this place of what you actually discovered and created. I mean, you have a theory of evolution you describe in the book. It's, and, and, and it's, you know, perhaps a theory that, um, some people have thought about, but certainly you come right out and talk about it. I would love for you to share what your uh, can I should I call it a conclusion a summation uh, you know where where you came to you know sort of I would say at the end of part one of your journey here in writing this book what was the alternative theory that you came up with well to be let's put it in a very simple simple way the okay. Um, uh, the present theory, the theory that is advocated by people like Richard Dawkins and other famous biologists, starts off with the premise that there's no spiritual uh, dimension to life. Mm-hmm. Then it starts off with the premise that life has evolved through natural selection. Okay, when you do that, what are your conclusions? Well, as long as you have a, the original premise that um, there is no spiritual dimension to life. The conclusions are things like evolution is preceded by random changes. Uh, it's a purposeless process that shows no progress. Now, when I read this, I couldn't understand because human beings seem, certainly seem to be a lot more evolved than bacteria. But if you think the only thing of value in a being is its, oh no. Oh, did we? What happened to, to Dr. Ron? Uh, well, you know, I think that uh, we'll get him back in a, in a minute. We'll probably have to do that really quickly. We're going to go to a short break. You're listening to the Dr. Pacho. This is Talk Radio to Thrive by. And we're going to take a short break and get Dr. Ron back here because we have got to absolutely get him on the show. Uh, we have to get an answer to that question. He's got to explain his theory. Let's take a short break, everyone. Uh, and um, if you've got a question, you could give us a call. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. How would you like increased health and vitality? How would you like to avoid the onset of disease as well as slow the aging process? This is all possible through a simple, safe, and natural process. 
Every day we are either moving toward wellness or away from wellness. Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. I'd like to be your partner in achieving optimal health. Contact me now at MaryJaneMack.com or call 425-392-0659. Visit MaryJaneMack.com. Hi, I'm Brenda Ball. And I'm Tony Ball, and we've been married for over 25 years. In that time, we found ourselves putting on a pound or two per year, and next thing you knew, we were 30, 40 pounds overweight. That's when we made the choice to get on that Take Shape for Life program. After being married for 25 years and struggling with weight that whole time, I'm actually now two sizes smaller than my wedding dress. With the Take Shape for Life program, you can lose those extra pounds. To learn more, visit simpletolose.com. Results will vary. Consult a physician before beginning weight loss program. Call or go online for complete program and discount details. TransformationTalkRadio.com TransformationTalkRadio.com Transforming the world one listener at a time. Remember, for our dogs and cats to live long and happy lives, just like people, they are what they eat. Wellness carefully selects wholesome ingredients to create food you can trust to provide the foundation of your pet's well-being. True wellness means every ingredient has a purpose in every recipe they make. You can trust the quality of all ingredients in wellness from their source to your pet's bowl. Visit wellnesspetfood.com to find a pet specialty retailer near you. Wellness Natural Food for Pets. This is where true wellness begins. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. We're going to try to get Dr. Ron back. But, you know, he does talk about in the book a unifying theory. If you go to the website, uh, www.ronfrost.com, uh, you'll be able to find lots of information. You know, he does talk about a unifying uh, theory, and that's the theory he mentioned earlier, um, you know, where there is a spiritual aspect to evolution. And, uh, you know, there is literature on this. One of the books he referred to um, uh, is a book by Henri Bergson, uh, which is Creative Evolution. The English version appeared in uh, 1911. Um, and so he talks about that, but then where do you go from there? And that's the question I ask Dr. Ron, you know, what is his theory? What has he created? Actually, if you go to his website, he actually has, he's, he has created a pathway. He has actually planted the seed. He's got material on his website diagrammatically that shows what he's discovered. And and honestly, for me, he he talks about transcendent consciousness. Uh, and let me just tell you a little bit about what he says. He said, unlike the traditional view of evolution, which assumes that there is no spiritual dimension to life, the major premise to and you know to what he calls a tealheartism, and we'll find out what that is, is that a spiritual energy pervades life. He goes on to say, because the spiritual entity energy is manifested in aspects of our consciousness, he calls it, and that's Dr. Ron, transcendent consciousness. Very interesting term. I mean, you ever wonder why people go from person to person and have this intuitive nature? 
evolutionary materialism, he says, assumes that consciousness is an emergent property. So what does all of this mean? What does this mean to us as human beings, our bodies, our souls, all of the above? Um, you know, what can we learn from this that we haven't learned otherwise? And that's the conversation that, you know, I have been having with him. And so we're hoping we're going to be able to get him back. I actually think he's trying to call my cell phone. So I'm hoping, you know, my friends here at uh, BBS can uh, just give him a jingle and get him back. So part of the conversation then has to become, what do we do with our lives if we're caught in the middle of this dilemma? Uh, what can we learn about ourselves that we don't already know? And that's really part of the question. You know, what is it that we're doing with our own personal spiritual journeys? And how do we figure this out every days of every day of our lives? So today we had to we get to have a conversation with uh, this author who's got a hot book getting ready to come out. And he's not um, he's not hiding from the conversation. He's really out there to say, this is what I've discovered. There is a conversation about religion and science and, you know, what can we pull from both sides to, at some level, bring this common theme that will bring peace to most. You know, I've talked about uh, a couple of books that I found very interesting, um, you know, in, in sort of my reading this year. One of them happens to be a book by Joel Osteen. And, you know, he is the minister of a non-denomination Christian church. And the book is called It's Your Time. And the book talks about the positive aspect of, of what we, of, of the days we live in. And it really is this, this expression of, of knowing, uh, how to create a certain vibration about the goodness of the world. And yet we're faced in a dilemma right now. Because people want to talk about the gloom and doom of 2012 and what that all means. So refreshing is the conversation about science and religion. Dr. Ron, thank you for joining us here today. I, I wanted to finish the show up by having you talk to the listeners about un, uh, the new theory or a theory that you've come up with, or a, let's just call it a view of evolution, and in this view, you refer to something called transcendent consciousness. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. I'm glad to be back. Um, I think all religions uh, believe or postulate or um, have experienced the fact that there's an aspect of the consciousness that comes from outside your body. Mm -hmm. um, and regardless of what they call it, um, Christians would call it God, and Muslims would call it Allah, and Buddhists don't call it anything because they think it's beyond concept. But they they know that there are aspects of your consciousness that arise from outside your body. So if we assume that there is a spiritual dimension to life, and if it is manifested in us as aspects of our consciousness, 
and it's likely to be manifested in other beings as aspects of their consciousness as well, then we should look at evolution as what happens when life has evolved in the presence of such a transcendent consciousness. Um, so if you assume there's a transcendent consciousness and you assume that evolution has occurred, the implications you get are very different than mm-hmm. the materialistic implications that essentially evolution is a meaningless process and humans arrive rose by chance. Um, it points out that um, evolution is progressive, that um, beings, creatures, have progressed through time to develop more and more um, complex neurological systems, which one might say are attempts or evolution's attempt to tie in with this transcendent consciousness. Uh, evolution probably didn't happen purely by chance, although how it happened is still a great mystery. Evolution is progressive in the fact that we are, um, it's a progressive opening to a transcendent reality. Um, and human beings or creatures like us were essentially an unavoidable product of evolution. Uh-huh. If you look at, um, all the possible environments on Earth where life could be, we see that life is essentially exploited all of them. You find single-cell organisms that live in temperatures that are below freezing. You find single-cell organisms that live at temperatures that are nearly boiling. Um, Life one of the things about evolution is it's continual probing into these environments and life would uh, use it as a way to uh, assess all these environments. I mean, life evolved the ability to fly at least four times. Mm. Um, So here's this transcendent consciousness out there. It's an environment to be exploited. And sooner or later, life would have found a way to exploit it and make things like us. So, it, you know, we're not a um, a mistake on the, um, what should we say, the record of time. We're actually here for a reason. And that reason so, is pretty obvious if you recognize evolution as a way to probe this um, transcendent consciousness. The, the, re- the reason we're here is to actually manifest it ourselves. So if our job is to manifest it ourselves, what is the major roadblock we faced? And and this is a great way to end the show because there's a personal message. There's a message from you that I, I want to make sure you have a moment to share with everyone. Well, as a Buddhist, we would say the major roadblock we face is the fact that we're too tied up with who we are. Uh-huh. That, you know, we are... We are me, and this sense of me decides what all you're going to do in life. And if you mm. sit down, regardless of what your religious persuasion is, and tr- slowly work through this sense of me, you'll find on the other sense of this me, this whole uh, transcendent consciousness, business, which some people would call God. Mm-hmm. So isn't it interesting, we're going through an interesting time right now where, 
there are folks that are very vocal about using the word God. There are people that call it source. You know, there's so many different languages. It's almost like there's this idea that you're walking on eggshells in some circles in terms of what you say and what you don't say. But the bottom line is, I think everybody agrees that whatever you call it, it is not us. And yet it resides within us in so many ways. Is that correct assumption? Is that what you also refer to? Yes, I, I think that's a very good way of saying it. We are not it, but it resides in us. I mean, mm. we have access to it um, if we do the right practices. If we mm. uh, continue to worry about only what's good for me, um, you may not get access to it. Mm. Hmm. Interesting. Thank you so much for joining us here today. And I am so I'm so glad that you and I had a time to chat. And uh, when could people find out more about the book? I mean, you know, when can they get their copy? The the book comes out uh, about a month from today. About I think it's the 24th of September. Um, as you said, you gave the website. I'll as soon as the book is out, I'll have uh, links some way that they could buy the book off uh, from my website. And um, I also have a, um, a Facebook page for, on the book on um, science and religion where they can um, essentially interact with me if they wish on these topics. Excellent. Thank you so much, Dr. Ron Frost, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me here today on the show. Uh, and thank you all for tuning us in and turning us on. So for all of you out there, if you've missed any part of tonight's show, please make sure you go to our website, look for the archive pretty soon, be up, www.thedrpatshow.com, uh, or just go to drpatlive.com. Uh, Dr. Frost, thank you so much for joining the show today. Well, thank you, Dr. Pat, for inviting me. Okay, I'm telling you, it was a good time for all. Had here on the Dr. Pat Show, everybody. Tune us in, turn us on. We're on a lot of hours a week. Go to the website, check it out, and let's live life full out. We'll see you next time on the Dr. Pat Show. Strange soul for you.